Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Happy Election Day if you haven't already. Take a few minutes, get out there and cast your vote in this very important election. I've heard stories of uh, lines being long. I know there were some issues with uh, voting machines at certain locations in Floyd County earlier this morning, but I think they've got all that squared away. So make sure if you haven't already, I know so many people these days uh, do the uh, voting thing early, but if you haven't already, make sure you get out and uh, get out there and cast your vote uh, in this election today. Also, Indiana victorious last night. First regular season game of the season. A comfortable 88-53 win for the Hoosiers against Moorhead State to open up regular season play. The exhibition games were fun. The regular season is even better. I know some of these early games are not challenge games whatsoever, or at least expected to be for Indiana. And last night wasn't uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, in just weeks, it'll be Indiana and Xavier. And, of course, Indiana and North Carolina coming up at the very end of November. And so many big games ahead on the non-conference portion of this schedule for the Hoosiers. So some fun ahead. Great that basketball is here and a lot to get to here in this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you've got a question, a comment, a topic, whatever it is, you can text me during this show each and every day right here on the Big X. And the uh, show lineup each day, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we're going to get started here in just a second. Coach Terry Perico of Providence Volleyball is going to join us. And uh, obviously the Pioneers, state champions, again, the program that she has built at Providence is amazing. And she's going to join us to tell us all about the exciting weekend that her and her team had uh, up in Muncie as they won the 3A state championship finishing at the very top of volleyball in our state. So we'll talk with Coach Parika here in just a moment. Also, it's Tuesday, so later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosiers with us. We'll recap the IU win last night. Uh, We'll break down some of the key takeaways on individual players from the game, and we'll get you all set for what's next for this Indiana team. So a lot coming up today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Let's get to our first guest today, Coach Terry Perica of Providence Volleyball. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations. A great representative of Southern Indiana sports you are and have been for so many years. Uh, what a weekend for you and your team. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Oh, gosh. This was the most unbelievable experience and such a fun weekend. 
We had a blast from the moment we got to school on Friday until the moment we got back to school on Saturday evening. So, so much fun, and I'm so proud of my team. I tell you what, to get to the state championship is a big deal, but then to turn in the performance that your team did, they, I don't want to say cruise, but were able to uh, handily win the first two sets. Belmont did get you narrowly 25-22 in the third. You guys came back and won 25-16 in the fourth set to capture the state championship. A really good performance on a big stage from this group of girls, and I guess that's no surprise based on everything they've been able to accomplish so far this season. I really feel that the um, strength of our schedule prepared us very well for what we were going to see in the postseason. Um, our regional, semi-state, and state levels, those teams were just great teams who had um, you know, put together a, a great game plan against us, but our kids had played so many great teams over the course of the season, and they were battle-tested. So no matter what another team tried to do, to stop us, we were able to, you know, make some adjustments and, and come at them a different way. So they were very well prepared by the coaching staff on Saturday, and we saw some opportunities with some mismatches that we had with Belmont, and uh, thought Grace did a great job of getting the kids the ball at the right time, and we were able to score in a, in a lot of different areas, which was awesome. I tell you what, as I look through the box score from the state championship game and watch that game on Saturday cheering you guys on, a number of big performances. You mentioned your daughter, and I want to start there. Uh, the opportunity to coach her and to get to the very top of Indiana High School Volleyball with her, uh, what an amazing memory. It's not just your team, your program, your school, where you and your family have been involved for so many years. It's your daughter winning a state championship together. The um, experience that I've had with Grace over the years has just been something I'll cherish and value forever. She's such a competitor. She's um, a student of the game. She watches so much film. She takes this seriously. And um, it's just been great to be her coach. You know, you, uh, you, you don't get to see um, that kind of intensity and that kind of preparation in a lot of kids. And so when you do see it, it makes it a very special relationship, coach-player, but then to see it through the, the lens of a mom and for her to have this experience with the, the school that she loves, the team that she loves, and the coaching staff that she loves, um, it just made it a, a, an experience that I don't think I could have ever imagined it would be as neat as it was. Um, very proud of her and the, the things that she has been able to do at Providence and Looking forward to seeing what she can do when she gets to the next level. She's just a, a really hard worker, a great kid, and this is very, very important to her. So I was very excited and proud that she was able to, to go out like she did. Absolutely. Talking with Terry Perica, she's the volleyball coach at Providence High School coming off a 3A state championship on Saturday in Muncie. Again, looking through things on Saturday, so many big plays, so many big situations for your team. Uh, like you've been all season, a very balanced team with your offensive attack. We have preached um, that our team can be successful in many areas areas and I think that the balance of our offense all of the offensive weapons that we have um, they can step up at any given time um, so we have to find the area that has the mismatch and each team each week had a different area and that 
that player stepped up and, and they were the one that we were going to need to use and they were the one that we were going to need to have success. And um, you see some of these bigger, stronger teams, um, they struggle with that. They just don't know exactly which one of them they have to stop and they can't stop them all. And it's just been awesome to watch the, the performances that our kids have had. This Saturday, it was our middles. Our middles really played well, especially Abby Julia. She just, I mean, I think she had 15 kills. She was just a force. Um, Lily Kaiser played amazing. And once those two got established, you saw the outside do a phenomenal job. Nicole did great. Tap had some awesome swings and some great kills. And McKenzie was really, really hard to stop in the first two sets. So just seeing all of those kids have success is just really fantastic to watch. Absolutely. Terry Parika, Providence Volleyball, my guest uh, here on the program. Uh, Coach, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was your coaching staff. I've been a part of a high school staff. I know the work it takes to – it's not just the games or the practices. There's a lot of preparation and uh, things that go into getting ready for, especially a season where there's this kind of travel and this kind of success. A lot of pressure comes with that. I saw a great piece from our friend Josh Cook, who joins us Wednesdays, on this program to talk local sports uh, about you and your coaching staff. And I know uh, all together, collectively, they all, you all deserve a lot of credit. Well, I appreciate that. I am so proud to be able to stand next to the coaching staff that I have. They are not only my friends, but they're my family. And they treat our players as if they are family. And I think that the uniqueness that we share in that circle it's just bonded with so much love and they always go above and beyond, you know, the volleyball that they teach these kids is in my opinion, some of the best there is, but there's so much more to being a good coach than just teaching the X's and O's. And I think that that's what my circle of coaches does the very best. And that's why these kids love the program that, that they had, that they're a part of. And I think that that's really what helped, make this team so, so successful. And my coaches just go above and beyond in every aspect. Coach, I I know that it's about the team and your coaching staff as a whole when it comes to you. But over the last couple weeks, we've had some conversations with Josh Cook and with Chad Gilbert on this program about volleyball in the area and specifically your team as they have made this move through the state tournament. And the question comes up, you know, how does Coach Parika do it? How does Terry do what she does each and every year at Providence? What's the model? What's the secret? Can you let us in on how Providence volleyball for so many years now has become a dominant force? And it it doesn't always end in a state championship game or a state championship win, but how have you guys been able to year in and year out build the climate, build the environment, maybe is a better word that you have around your program? Well, first off, I appreciate that compliment. I think that's probably the nicest thing that anyone can ever say. Um, and to acknowledge the program that we have is is really very special and important to me, so I want to start with that. Um, secondly, you win with people, period. And we have great people here. My kids work their tails off. They are being coached by some of the best people there are in club ball and in high school. They put the work in. So anytime you want to be successful, you've got to be willing to do that. And I think that 
you know, it starts right there. It starts with the kids' commitment level and what they're able to do to make themselves better players. You know, they're taking lessons. They're doing all of the extra things. They're playing in the sand, and they're playing with people that are putting a lot of work into them. So I think that's piece number one. Piece number two, we have awesome parents. The Providence parents are dedicated. They answer the call. They, will, they always come and say, what next? What can I do? How can I help? Um, so when you have a team of coaches, you have players that are that committed and you have parents that are that committed, you can't possibly have good things happen. And, um, you know, you, you've got to win with these people. And, you know, just like you said, it doesn't always end in a state championship. It doesn't. And there's a lot of times that we look at ourselves in the locker room and you think, oh, man, I wish I would have. So you reflect and you try to make things better each and every year and you just try to keep it centered around the team. And I think that is really the only things that we're trying to do around here. And some years it's, it's, Hey, I'm going to make it a trip to Muncie. And, and sometimes it's not, but the experience is still one that we want kids to remember forever and leave this, this program and the school just absolutely loving having been a pioneer. Four volleyball championships at Providence. You understand as well as anyone in the area that's won a state championship, and I'm talking one of them, let alone how hard it is to win two or four. Uh, How does that make you feel when somebody recognizes your program as now a four-time state champion in Indiana? I think that I need to come up with a different word other than pride because (laughs) that doesn't even touch it. you know, I had so many, over the last couple of the weeks, I've had so many great conversations and so many compliments. And, you know, I, all I can do is say thank you. It, it's just, I'm just so proud and I'm so happy and I'm so blessed to be a part of this. And I, I just, you know, it's never about wins and losses for me. But to see our kids and our players and our, our community experience something like we did this past weekend are just moments I will never forget. And I'm just so grateful and so proud to be a part of this. Absolutely. Terry Perica, Providence volleyball coach, my guest. Uh, coach, as we wrap things up today, I know you got to get back to class uh, at Providence. I, I do want to ask this. Um, looking at the whole volleyball scene here locally, and we've talked with you about this before, but yes, Providence, the state champion at the very top here locally, but Floyd Central had a great season, and other programs were really solid. And the club scene, which you are very much a part of with the Union Volleyball Club, that is very successful both uh, on both sides of the river, uh, continues to grow, and other clubs do as well. Uh, our volleyball scene here locally is growing, and we're far from being recognized maybe like the Muncie area has been traditionally for years and years now. But Southern Indiana is now a hot spot for volleyball, and I think it has been for some years. I think the growth in the sport is um, is really taking hold here in this area. We have great we have great club ball programs that our kids, not just at Providence, but at Floyd, at Silver Creek, at Borden, at Henryville, at New Albany, all of these kids are starting to play a little higher level club ball. And, you know, you, you can't not get better when you play as much as these kids are playing and, and, and doing some of the things that they're doing. You, you just can't help but get better. Second thing I think is that because of all the area teams getting better, your strength of schedule has taken up a notch. So, you know, if you want to 
be the best, you've got to play the best. And people are starting to look for ways to be able to do that. And, and, you know, lastly, I think it all comes down to the commitment that kids have to be um, making themselves the best athlete that they can be. You know, we have more opportunities in sand volleyball. You see more kids running track. You see more kids out there playing basketball. So, you know, you're really starting to see um, that kids are putting a lot of work into being a great athlete. And it pays off not only in, you know, the athletic athletics programs that we have here at Providence, but you're seeing it a ton in other schools. And, and that is, is really what I think is one of the biggest reasons that all of our schools are having such success. Absolutely. Terry Perica, Providence volleyball coach. Coach, proud of you, proud of your program. Uh, you've built an amazing uh, masterpiece, honestly, at Providence with the volleyball program. And again, a lot of people, uh, not just Providence people, but a lot of people here in the area uh, proud of the work that you guys put in and the success you bring back to the area. So we wanted to have you on today to congratulate you, learn a little bit more about this state championship team, and I know we'll catch up with you again very soon. Well, I appreciate it, Matt. This is the one interview in the last four weeks that I haven't ended crying like a toddler. So I'm, I'm just blessed to get through this alive. <laughs> Absolutely. Coach, thank you. Congratulations. Enjoy it, okay? Okay, thank you, Matt. All right, Terry Perica of Providence. Uh, not just a great volleyball coach, but but a great person here locally as well. She does a lot of good things for the sport and beyond, and uh, great to recognize her. We'll have more coming up on this Providence volleyball team as well. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, quick question in from a texture. They say, what is your expectations for the Floyd Central basketball team and their new coach this year? I really like Coach Walters. I know he's working hard to build the entire program at Floyd Central, even down to the young stages. Uh, the Highlanders have a challenging schedule, including early, and I think a lot of it will depend on Caleb Washington. He is the key player back from last year's team. They've got some other pieces and some unknown pieces to go around him, but I think as Caleb Washington goes, this Floyd Central team will have an opportunity to go as well. And I'm sure you could say this for Floyd and for every team, but the team we see in December with Floyd Central as some of the, the new faces and the unknown pieces come together may not be the same team. The, a better version of that team we'll see uh, later in the year as we get ready for the sectional time up at Seymour. Uh, fun to get a basketball question because girls season is here. And the boys' season practices began, official practices, that is, yesterday. So things are officially underway with uh, both the girls' and the boys' high school basketball seasons. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, the focus is on IU basketball. The Hoosiers were victorious last night over Moorhead State. Not only was it a big non-conference win to start the year against a team you expect Indiana to beat, but it also, I believe, is the final game on Big Ten Plus and so many texts and messages from people that couldn't locate the game and didn't know how to get Big Ten Plus. I'm glad it'll be so much easier to watch, record, re-watch, whatever you want to do with IU basketball moving uh, forward. That's the big thing. Get through these first exhibitions in this Moorhead State game and we get back to more traditional television. All right, we'll head to a break. Mike Schumann is next. We'll break down the IU victory last night. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins on Tuesdays as we discuss the latest in IU basketball. And it's been great the last week or so. We've had uh, live basketball to talk about. And, Mike, last night was the first night that I had had the television on, scrolling around to different channels. And there weren't great games on by any stretch of the imagination, but there were a number of different early season non-conference college games on. And I'm thinking about Thanksgiving week and the week after Thanksgiving and into the holidays with all the big games that will happen uh, and, and uh, the ability to flip around to multiple contests. Last night was a little preview of that and it was just exciting to know we have basketball back on the t- on the tv yeah you, you have a luxury that i don't flipping around and, and watching other games I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much laser focused on, on iu and to a lesser extent the, the big 10 so i'm a little bit jealous of that um but it is very good to be back in basketball good good timing for iu sports fans in general because the you know obviously the football season has taken a dramatic turn here in the last month and so I, I think everybody is uniformly happy that, that basketball is here and that there's something to, to rally about and, from my standpoint, to, to write about and engage with fans about. You can uh, read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, uh, you know, the games like this, it's maybe a step up from the exhibition uh, games as far as level of talent, level of the opponent. But these are games that you expect Indiana to win and not just win, but win convincing, convincingly. And Indiana did that last night uh, as they won the contest handily. Uh, with that said, um, when I watch these games, uh, and as focused as you are on the Hoosiers, I think we watch from a perspective of uh, what went right and what went wrong and breaking down some individual things as far as offense and defense and even, obviously, individual players as well. So, uh Takeaways from last night, the good, the bad, the ugly for this team here early on? Yeah, I don't know that there was anything like dramatically that I would put in the the great or the ugly category. There's just some, what I would say, some some notable aspects of the game. You know, the the one that really jumped out to me, and and I think a lot of other people as well, is just the uh, shot selection that, that Indiana went with last night. Um, you know, I think it was only 18% of their attempts were from behind the three-point arc, which if you look at last year's numbers uh, across college basketball, that would have been the lowest rate uh, of any team in Division One. So that that was certainly notable, although obviously just one game. Um, you know, I think there's that lingering question that, that everyone has about this team as to, you know, whether or not they, they can make threes. And that, you know, is an entirely different question than shot volume itself. I, I think, you know, obviously as teams get better and longer playing against Indiana, they're going to have a better ability to take away what what IU was able to do in the paint last night with Trace Jackson Davis and Malik 
renew. And, you know, then the question becomes if teams can take that away, can Indiana create shots from behind the arc and connect on them? So I think that is a uh, lingering question and something that I thought kind of took an interesting turn last night from the, from just the shot volume perspective from three that they've never been a team over the last few years that takes a ton of threes, but it was even dramatically and notably less last night. I mean, I, I think the thing that, you know, probably stuck with me the most, you know, I was really interested, you know, obviously the, the two freshmen, Huchifino and Renu, are, are playing a ton of minutes, and we saw that in the exhibitions. But I was curious to see how it would translate in their first Division One game, and I tweeted this out. I mean, I, I what just keeps jumping out to me is you you watch these two guys, and there's just nothing about them that says, "Hey, these these guys are freshmen." There's a learning curve. They're, you know, they're, it's going to take some time for them to, to get acclimated to college basketball. They look like they fit in perfectly. You could tell somebody that doesn't know anything about Indiana, that those were two juniors out there on the court. And I, and I think they believe you. I mean, I, I just think they, they fit in really well. I think they're going to be, you know, obviously Hutchifino's already starting. I think Renew could start. He, you know, that, that could be something else to monitor. Over the course of the year, he had, Renew had the same amount of minutes last night as, as Race Thompson at, at 17. Um, how that minute allocation between those two goes is going to be very interesting to, to keep an eye on. But, but just by and large, those two are a major boost to the, the talent level on this team. And you, you just don't always get that from freshmen. And you don't even know. They, you know, they were both top 30 guys coming in. But you, you still never know how somebody's going to translate to the college game. I, I think that's just the the difference in getting kids from a program like Montverde, like we've talked about before where they you know they play very high in competition throughout high school and they're much better prepared to, to step in on day one and have an impact absolutely and, and again I, just just looking at different individual players as well now Xavier Johnson I, I don't want to say he's at all had a bad start to the season through the two exhibition games in the regular season opener last night but maybe he's had a little slower start than what fans would hope and I know last night I think maybe his uh, his performance was hindered by some early foul problems for him. But what's your takeaway on X so far this season? I think uh, the off season was interesting for him away from the court, uh, but everybody has believed if Indiana is going to get to the position some predict, he's going to have to play a pretty key role in that. And so your your takeaway from his first three games and first real game last night? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows Xavier Johnson is – you know, has a lot of highs and lows, has some great games, has some clunkers, if you will. Um, I, I thought really coming out of that second exhibition, Mike Woodson made one of the more interesting comments that, that I've heard in a while, just talking, you know, candidly about Xavier Johnson's role this year. He said he told him after that St. Francis exhibition that, that he didn't need Johnson to kind of be the, the guy on this team with the ball in his hands constantly. He even, you know, you know, alluded to the notion that that Johnson maybe maybe stressed sometimes with having so much on his shoulders, um, but at the same time, you know, Johnson's a guy that throughout his prior four years at, at the uh, high major college level, both at Pitt and IU, he has always been a point guard. He has always been the guy that had the ball in his hands at all times, and and now he's being asked to take on a different role, uh, playing alongside Hood Shafino. Um, it does appear that you know when it's a you know, a half-court set. Johnson's at the top of the offense. At least that's the way it was last night when I was paying attention to it. 
Um, but, you know, in transition and a lot of different settings, it's just get the ball to, you know, a guard and go, and it doesn't really matter who it is. Um, so, so he's playing off the ball a fair amount, um, being asked to do different things. Um, I, I think it's fair to characterize his start as choppy. I mean, he, I think he was 0-7 from three in the, the exhibitions, um, you know, had the fouls last night. You know, that, that's one interesting aspect to it. He, he struggled with early fouls throughout the season last year, and when he did, it wasn't, you know, necessarily a good thing for Indiana because they didn't, you know, have that same level of competent point guard to, to come in. But now, you know, I, I almost feel like you could tell him, you know, be, be extra aggressive, take, take risks, gamble if you get in foul trouble. Um, you know, we, we got Hutchifino there to, to run the show, and, and Indiana was at their best last night. After Johnson came out, the the bench came in alongside Hood Shapino, and that's when they really went on a on a run in the game. So, I think that's one of the aspects where Indiana is much better. It's just not clear how, you know, Xavier Johnson's going to be able to replicate some of the production that he had last year. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, has there been uh, any individual player that has surprised you so far this season as far as the opportunities they've gotten or how they've played when they've gotten those opportunities? Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, going back to the exhibitions, I, I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw at a C.J. Gunn. I think he, you know, it's going to be tough for him this year to, to crack the main rotation. He, he clearly wasn't in it last night. But but he looks like a guy just the way he moves and and his you know his athleticism the elevation he gets on his jump shot um, he looks like a guy that will carve out roles at points in the season have impacts at points in the season I think he's farther along than than I think most people thought that he was I can I can say that much so so he's definitely one that that has stood out along with Hood Shafino. And, and renew. I, I think it's definitely encouraging for Indiana fans to, to see freshmen. I mean, even Caleb Banks last night in very limited minutes. To me, he looked a lot more confident and steady than he did in the uh, exhibition games, the first exhibition game when he played. So I thought that was encouraging as well. I, I just think, by and large, this, this freshman class is really impressive to me so far. All right, uh, you know, Mike. Mike, when does the competition uh, possibly step up a bit for? Uh, this team Thursday night uh, they play Bethune Cookman, another non-conference home game. Uh, obviously, I think that answer is going to be Xavier, which is uh, November 18th in Cincinnati. But uh, are are any of these smaller games uh, ones to watch for? Any of these teams expected to have good seasons in their respective small conferences? Yeah, I'd have to go through. Um, I mean, I, I think the seven games that that they've got that are lower or mid majors are, are none that that give you pause and think, hey, that that that's a mid major that that really gives teams trouble. At least one. The last time I went through the the schedule and looked at historic Kim Palm Kim Palm rankings and things like that, none, none of those games gave me pause. It's like, yeah, that 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 one's going to be a problem. Um, but but the you hit on it. I mean, you know. Friday night, November 18th at, at Xavier, that, that's when we're really going to start finding something out about this team. That, that's a really underrated, tough environment to go into. It'll, you know, I'm, I'm sure Indiana will, will have a respectable amount of fans at, at the game because of its proximity to, to, to Bloomington and to the state and the fan base as a whole. But, 
you know, I, I think it's going to have a Big Ten feel to it. You know, it's really going to test those freshmen who look impressive now, but it's easy to do against um, mid-major opponents, exhibition-level games on, on your home court. That, that's when we'll really find out. I don't expect guys like Puccifino and Renuda really struggle on the road in those games based on what I've seen, but but that's when you really start to get answers. And then, you know, looking ahead, starting on November 30th, everybody knows about that game against North Carolina, but, but there's a five-game run there. You know, North Carolina at Rutgers, which is always tough, and then Nebraska, Arizona, and Kansas. I mean, we'll, we'll know a heck of a lot more by mid-December than, than what we do right now, for sure. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, I know your focus is on IU, but you do follow the Big Ten closely. Uh, I, I've been p- following some of the other Big Ten teams and their their non-conference games here early on. Anything stand out about any of IU's future conference foes that uh, has caught your attention so far this season? N- nothing too much yet. I, I have still have not got a chance because all the coverage from last night to, to pay much attention to what everybody else has done. I mean, I just, I have this um, overarching feel that, you know, the one through nine, one through 10 spots in the league are, are up for grabs. I think we've talked about that before. I think, um, you know, just because there's been so much roster turnover that that's played a role in maybe bringing down teams like Illinois and Michigan, but you know, big, the big 10 has its unequal or uneven, approach to scheduling, which, which might bring a team like Illinois back up. But, um, you know, I, I just don't see anybody running away with this thing. I, I think everybody's got a, a good starting five. I think, you know, because the home court's so valuable in the Big Ten, I think, you know, everybody's going to struggle when they go out on the road. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, Indiana's been widely picked to, to win the Big Ten, but I, but I think even if they do it, it it's going to be, something like a, a 14 and six type of run through the league, just because I think there's you know so much balance at the, you know, the top two thirds of the league that there's going to be a lot of tough nights. And, you know, going back to the very first point, you know, if, if this is a team that, that can't, you know, generate three point shots or can't, you know, make three point shots at a high rate, they're, they're, that's going to create, especially, you know, tough nights on the road when, you know, you, you Teams find a way to double Jackson Davis, double Renew, uh, force you to beat them from the outside and really test whether or not Indiana is going to be able to do it. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, you know, Purdue, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, they, they all have enough to, to be a major threat to, to what seems to be the popular pick of Indiana at the top. Mike, along the lines of early non-conference games, I've got to mention this uh, from last night. Quinnipack in a money game, a pay game, beat Archie Miller and his Rhode Island team uh, last night. That is obviously not the end of the world. It's a, a early start for him, and he's got to build that program up. But the former IU coach with one of those uh, non-conference scores, as you look at the list from the night before, that you you just don't want to see for anybody when a when when an underdog like that uh, gets paid and ends up beating you as well. That's not a good combination, but that's what happened to uh, Rhode Island and Coach Miller last night. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of 
Archie's debut at Indiana five years ago. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, last night went much better for him, I guess you could say, than how things went uh, five years ago when they just got ran off the floor by Indiana State. So, uh, you know, uh, my impression of what he's doing out there is that he's got a pretty hefty rebuilding exercise going on, and I don't think there's a lot of expectations around this year, but it, it, it's impossible to, to look at that score and not be reminded of, of how things started with his Indiana debut. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, also want to squeeze this in another question from the text line, uh, the Thornton's text line. With such an inside game, maybe IU doesn't have to concentrate on threes as much. I know they need to shoot them to open up the floor, but is it being emphasized too much? Is three-point shooting, Mike, with this team maybe being emphasized too much given what the texter wrote? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a reasonable question. I think my concern is just, you know, if teams really want to take away the inside game via traps or double teams or, you know, whatever the the approach might be, um, I, I think you can put Indiana in a position where they have to, to make shots. Um, I mean, I thought... You know, a couple, a couple of the double teams, Trace had, had some really good reads and, and found race, you know, what, with what Mike Woodson has called buddy ball. Um, so, so that's an option to play through it. But, but if, you know, when we're talking about high major opposition with real length and real athletes and really good coaching staff, they, they can force you into your, you know, quote unquote weakness. So I think there are going to be games where Indiana's best uh, shots, you know, taking what the defense gives them is going to be threes, and we're going to find out if they can make them or not. For sure. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, got to ask a football question or two before we wrap up for today. Indiana with uh, its biggest challenge of the year coming up, probably at the absolute worst time for this team, just given how everything is trending. Yeah, no doubt about it. I I think I saw, I don't know if it's Chronic Hoosier, somebody on Twitter said it was maybe the, the largest underdog they've been in, in the, you know, maybe ever, I don't know. 41 and a half is the, mm, <laughs> the last mm, I mm, saw, mm. Which, which is just crazy to, to think about. Um, um, but, but you know, you know, crazy to think about how lack of uh, respect they're getting, but you know, not a crazy line, you know, not a crazy number. I mean, I think they were down by more than 40 at halftime last year. <laughs> so um, certainly nothing that, you know, it, it just kind of reflects the state of the program. You know, we keep comparing everything to, to where they were two years ago. And two years ago, they, they took Ohio State right down to the wire. And, and now they're a 41 or whatever it is underdog. So just another measure of how far things have dropped so fast for this program. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, he's with us Tuesdays on the program. We talk all things IU, of course, a lot more basketball at this time of year with uh, the way the football season is trending and the excitement around the basketball season. Mike, appreciate your time and always enjoy reading your stories at thedailyhoosier.com. We'll catch up again next week. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. All right, we will head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Appreciate those of you that have chimed in today with uh, questions on IU or even local sports. We had the question earlier on Floyd Central basketball. Uh, Love to get all that kind of stuff, and you can really help shape the direction of this show and 
uh, probably come up with better questions than what I can for some of the great guests we have on this show. You can text me those at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A quick break. We're back with some headlines of the day. We're doing things in reverse today. We had Coach Parika in Segment 1, Mike Schumann in Segment 2. We'll recap some other things from last night as well coming up in Segment 3. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Again, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. IU in action again on Thursday. Bethune Cookman is the opponent in Assembly Hall. And also another thing I, I wanted to mention, we did not have a show Monday. I was out. But Providence football with an amazing win over previously undefeated Tecumseh on Friday night. That means the Pioneers will move on to a one-game regional. It's the only local entry we have from Clark and Floyd counties playing in the really the second round, I guess, the second stage, maybe you could say, of the state tournament and Providence with a big challenge coming up uh, this weekend as they move on to regional play. They will head north and take on a very good football team in Indianapolis Lutheran who is also undefeated at 12-0 and on the season. And I'm looking back at the Lutheran schedule. The Saints, the last three games – which I believe here would all be sectional games. Yes, they would uh, have, have held their opponents undefeated in the postseason. That's amazing. They were winners 42 nothing over South Putnam, uh, 63 nothing over Cloverdale, and 56 nothing at Covenant Christian last week in the sectional championship game. Justin Kalen producing the show today. Justin, we've got a couple extra minutes here to wrap up. You did not have the call. You were out on Friday of the Providence sectional win, but that was a huge win for Coach McDonald uh, and his uh, Pioneer team. Yeah, absolutely. And I hated missing that. I really did. I, d- I knew it was going to be a good game. I wasn't quite sure if Providence was going to be able to pull it off or not, but I was really happy to see that they were so we could continue to broadcast. I'm looking forward to regionals. I, I, I did not look ahead. Normally I'm guilty of always looking ahead at brackets and things of that nature. I thought this Providence team, my initial reaction hearing the final score Friday was okay. They, they're rolling. They just beat a really good Tecumseh team. Maybe they can do some damage here in the state tournament, and that's still very possible, but I did not realize this Lutheran team, they're just out of our area. They're not a predominant uh, you know, name school that's been around forever that you know has got a strong football program. Until I really read up on them and looked at their schedule and especially their recent scores, I didn't realize I mean, th- this is a really good team they're going to take on next week. Yeah, they've only played four 1A schools all season, wow. and they're undefeated. Wow. Like Take that for what you will. But, yeah, you mentioned the three scoreless games. The game before that, they took on another 1A school, 62-8. to So you can do the math on that a lot to a little when they're playing 1A schools. But if there's anybody that can give them a run, it's Providence. I mean, nobody thought they would beat Tecumseh last week, and then – 
here they are to come so I got sent home packing with their first loss see if they can do the same thing to Indianapolis Lutheran absolutely that game will kick off at 7 30 on Friday pregame coverage around 7 20 I believe Justin I know that we had the luxury of having Southern Indiana football right here on the Big X last Friday but I think with playoffs over in Kentucky and St. X where, where will the game be at Friday I've not asked you yet yeah I'm almost positive it'll be on 94 okay. 7 94 yeah. 7 is where you can plan on for Providence football if you can't make the trip up to Indianapolis Lutheran does Lutheran have their own Home field, have you looked that up where you're heading on Friday? I, you know, I always do the thing where I look up pictures of the field just to see what the press box situation yeah, is like. Yeah, and it, yeah. it looked like they have their own field, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. While we have you uh, in a couple minutes to spare, Indiana last night, the win easily as expected over Moorhead State. We've discussed a lot of it with Mike Schumann, but anything, uh, anything catch your eye specifically about uh, last night or the season so far that we haven't covered today, a certain player maybe? I mean, I feel bad because we've talked about him at nauseum for weeks now, but Jalen Huchafino is going to be such a good player. I mean, 6'6", the size he has and yeah. the, the way he moves on the floor and gets his teammates involved, he's he's going to be special. And his stat line last night may not may not show that he's going to be a, a crazy good time player for Indiana, but he trust me, he he will be in the mix for, I guess, freshman of the year. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's very possible, if not likely. He's just got that kind of talent. He is going to be a fun one to watch as things ramp up here. Uh, and it's hard to believe, Justin, looking at the schedule and going through my, things with Mike Schumann in the last segment. Yeah, I know Bethune-Cookman is, is not exciting, but it is a basketball game to watch and evaluate this team. But, boy, that Xavier game, I don't at all think Xavier's going to be a world beater this year, but it's a much stiffer uh, level of competition for this team. And I'm just really interested to see how that game plays out. I think Indiana can win it, maybe should win it. I don't know. But I think it's just going to be a much different level of competition this team will go against and we'll have a, a little better feel on things after that game. Yeah, and so being an Indiana fan, it's it's we've had some tough years. I mean, you would say that. I'd say that any anybody would say that there there's it's been down no doubt about it. So I I thoroughly enjoy these little cupcake games. I love seeing Indiana beat teams by 30, 40, 50 points. But yeah, you're right. Those that Xavier game and then advancing further on in the season, you've got the Kansas game and then conference play and I'm I'm missing a couple in the middle there. But yeah, it, it'll be fun to see how they stack up against some of the best of the best in college. Yeah, no question. All right, Justin Kalen, uh, the, the producer today. Always thank you for uh, chiming in, Justin. Absolutely. We appreciate it and appreciate uh, your help here with the show and, of course, play-by-play of football. And uh, looking forward to high school basketball. The girls' season is underway. I'm trying to get a grasp on things here locally uh, this season from the girls' side of things. But boys' uh, season, fast approaching. First practices yesterday for teams across the state of Indiana. And just a couple weeks away from games, that week of Thanksgiving, we'll have games before and after the Thanksgiving holiday. Really, it's just amazing to me that we're in basketball season, that we're headed into the middle part of November, that we're headed into the basketball season on all levels, not just professional college, but also the high school. So just amazing how quickly we've gotten through things that seems 
like it was the, the middle of the summer just a couple weeks ago. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. A reminder, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. And, uh, again, no matter if you're with us live weekdays on the Big X or on a podcast at your convenience, we just appreciate you listening. I invite you to uh, send in your co- comments and questions on the Thornton's text line every day. Uh, I love to hear from you. That, that makes a show. When I get a handful of questions from you guys, uh, it really helps, I think, the overall program and appreciate your input. That number, if you want to save it, is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. All right, we're out of here for today. Back on Wednesday. Back with you the rest of the week at 11 a.m. Again, it's Election Day. Get out and vote if you haven't already, and uh, we'll see how things play out tonight. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.